Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. There we go. I love it. Such high energy. It's always it's always a pleasure to be back in the the, the virtual uh, recording studio with you, Dave. I wanted to switch it up and and just repeat things in case you missed it the first time. I just wanted to repeat things in case you missed it the first time. If anybody hit like the fast forward button, now you're you're just catching it all. Yeah, you're just catching it all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. All right, Dave, do you have a question for me before before we get started today? Um, I haven't put thought into this, but um you know, I I figure since it's it's springtime, um my question would be Eric, are you going to bury the lead this week? <laughs> Un- unlike the seeds that many are burying in their in their yards right now to prepare yeah, for spring and flowers. Um, that's where I was going. No, Dave, I'm not going to bury There's the lead. Gardening. <laughs> are we gardening this week? We have a gardening humor on a toy collecting show. Every everyone, every new listener has already <laughs> bailed. They just turned. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, off. "What is this?" Um, no, but of course, as as uh, as you know, when we have a guest, I, I'm not going to bury the lead, and, um, and 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 we have a very a very fun special guest with us today. Uh, the world of toy photography seems to grow stronger every day, um, and and because the idea of professional lighting and elaborate sets can be a little intimidating to those looking to dip their toes into the world of toy photography, diorama prints, yeah. They're here to help. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, you've likely seen us post about our recent sponsorship with them. They are our first sponsor. And they're amazing high-quality printed dioramas elevating our, our fun pictures of, of crazed clowns and video games and Marvel superheroes and turtles and everything. Uh, joining us today is Rachel Theron, owner of Diorama Prints. Rachel, thank you for joining us on Adventures in Collecting. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Hello. Hello. So, uh thank you for for taking the time to um, you know, to to, to be on our show and and thank you for for uh sponsoring us for sending us the amazing uh prints that you guys make and you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll dive dive into into that in a little bit. But before we uh we get started on on kind of the the meat of the uh the interview here, we ask all of our guests what are you currently collecting? Great question. Um, right now, I, I mean, in general, I kind of collect whatever looks cool to me. And after this past year, I'm super into like apocalyptic looking figures <laughs> and stuff like that. But most recently, I'm really into Mezco. Um, and I got my first Gomez figure. And, you know, I always saw them advertised and whatnot, but never had it in hand. And I absolutely love it. So, so which one did you end up, you, you got the one that they just put out? Not the one, not the gold commander. I have the one before that, the hazard squad, just the regular commander from the Bodego box. I think it's from the fall edition. Nice. Yeah. It's the one yeah. with like the, the, he's got like the Robin's egg blue shirt on, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah love it. It's awesome. 
Yeah, I um, I have been like it, it's been tantalizing the all of the Gomez figures because you know following you know the the toy especially the toy photography community like some of the stuff that they do with those Mezco figures like the the D Amazings and the the Darth Dandadas of the world um the the photos that they take with Gomez are just they're amazing. Oh, absolutely. And the whole squad and you know I saw the pink skulls from way back when and Street Gomez and I love that he wears Converse. That's what <laughs> caught my attention <laughs> at first. <laughs> so I've wanted one for a while and and finally I was able to to get one which was great. Yeah, um, it, it's it's so interesting. Like out of all of the things that, because Mezco has you know so many licenses, they make they make stuff for everything. But like, oh, yeah. ev- every now and then they put out a new you know uh, James Bond or samurai or explorer themed cockroach with an attitude, and <laughs> it just looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it works. You wouldn't think so if you read it on paper and you're being pitched this idea, you know. <laughs> You'd probably be like, "Ooh, I don't know about this," but it works and it's awesome. Yeah, it's always cool to see what what new comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I almost dipped my toe in the uh, Mezco world with the the Ghost Rider one that came out, but I was like, I don't know where I would put this or <laughs> how I could like appropriately display this, but I'm I'm still thinking about it. So, and with Eric speaking of all the photographers and all of the kind of worlds we've been taking the figures into um how did you get involved in the world of diorama creation yeah i would say the seeds of it started in 2017 when i landed a client called ready sets and for people who maybe don't know what or who ready sets is they create these really immersive pop-up diorama slash play sets um that are you know, great for kids and toy photographers love them. And prior to working with them as a client, I had kind of heard about toy photography just in casual passing. I remember seeing some of Mitchell Wu's stuff. I think he had a picture in a magazine I saw. Um, But that really introduced me to that whole community and all the different background environments and kind of the need for it as well. Um, And so I always wanted to do some type of simple environment And when the pandemic hit and, you know, with all the closures and extra time on my hands, I realized I really did have all the tools and resources to give it a go. Uh, So that's what I did. And I wanted to create something that, uh, you know, wouldn't, if the economy ever shut down again, it, it wouldn't be limited by a manufacturing plant and things like that. So I wanted something simple, something that people could use in whatever creative way they wanted to. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how the diorama creation began. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because, you know, like, like we mentioned at the top, um, I know when we started this, um, you know, the, the blog and the podcast and, and, and kind of the social media presence, I don't think, I, I don't think we ever thought we would be taking so many like creative end toy pictures. Like I, I think, when we started, it was kind of like, okay, um, you know, the first couple of unboxings we did were were literally that, where it was like, you know, us sitting in front of a camera, physically opening the box, and then just kind of holding the, the figure up to the camera, being like, look, this is how the elbows move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we quickly realized it was like, you know what, we should, we should get light boxes. You know, and, and again, all of this developed during the pandemic, and while we both live in New Jersey, we're, we're separate. Um, so we both have light boxes and, 
you know, we started using those for the, the, you know, just kind of the detail parts of the, uh, the reviews. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, watching these other guys pose, you know, the figures and stuff. And it started as just kind of like, oh, I could use the light box and just kind of pose the figures and take pictures of them. And then like he <laughs> started buying accessories and it's like, now I have a dumpster and a garbage can <laughs> and table. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I started actually, um, you know, seeing the posts of the diorama prints and I was like, oh, this would be perfect. Cause like, I don't have the space to build these awesome elaborate sets, you know, that, that some of these people have. And plus, I, like I'm not creative enough to do it. Like I'm not, I'm not going to buy foam board and start carving bricks into things and getting, you know, uh, airbrushes and, and, and start building these, these elaborate things. And, and it's amazing how well just a, a very, very 2d, uh, print photographs. Absolutely. Yeah. And seeing some of, I mean, what people create as far as dioramas with the foam board and everything, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, and these are people that aren't environmental artists during the day and it's just a hobby for them. And it's so cool. And it's, it's great seeing everyone's creativity using diorama prints, uh, whether people are just starting out or they're more along on their toy photography journey. But in 2017, when I started working with ready sets, um, I've just seen huge growth in the community since then. Um, it just seems like it's exploded and it's, it's fun. And it's, I think it's a great creative outlet. And I think it definitely helped people this past year, uh, to stay creative, stay positive and fill their time with something, uh, enjoyable. Yeah. Cause it, it, if you think about it, it just went from like this thing. Usually we would say like, okay, we're putting a diorama in the back of our case and, you know, just stacking up figures or posing them. And that's where they live all the time. Um, but with this kind of need to do something, um, you really started to see that explode more so on social media than, you know, kind of out of the, the, you know, storage areas of where we kind of keep figures, you know, permanently. And it's just like, well, what more can we do with this? And, you know, you really started to see just, so many advances in in the figure photography world mm -hmm. instagram really lends itself to that type of photography too i mean all photography in general but you know just seeing the community on there it, it's it's so cool and and now everyone's setups um on their shelves and everything everyone's kind of up the ante with how they've done that and it's just so cool to see and and that's the other thing too that's that's really fun about these prints and i, I haven't had i don't have the space to do it but um, you know, using them as a, as kind of like a permanent or semi-permanent fixture in the back of the display too, is like totally like if, if I, if I was one of the, had the space to have like all of like the detolfs out, right. Mm -hmm, like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it would be so awesome to have like a, a, a turtle shelf and have the sewer behind it, you know, or, you know, have like a, an evil dead or like zombie type shelf and have, you know, the cabin lining it. Yeah, ab absolutely. And eventually we'll, I, all the shelving is the dimensions of them are a bit different. And I've seen people, you know, trim it down or adjust it to fit the shelves, which is great. Um, but eventually I want to have a line that's just specifically for display. Um, so there's more variety in the sizing and to make it a little bit easier for people. Well, well, speaking of, of variety, um, <laughs> you, you've you've done a wide array of themes already with you know with the prints in just the short amount of time that you know that Diorama Prints has been around. How how do you go into deciding the the themes you're going to produce? 
Yeah, it's really a combination of things. Uh, one, I kind of see what's already out there. And of course, there's always going to be popular themes uh, in light of the popular action figures, you know, your city scenes, your sewers. And then I think of what's missing and what would be fun to shoot with. And I look at all of the different action figures out and I just get creative with what would make a great scene. So for instance, we have a cityscape, uh, Bangkok, um, our Thailand scene. And a lot of people questioned doing it. You know, this is before we released it and we're going back and forth about it. And it ended up being one of our most popular dioramas. Um, and that was just inspired, you know, from traveling. Thailand just has a lot of cool stuff going for it. And I thought that would be a cool city scene. Um, so it's really just a combination of what's out there, the popular action figures, and then maybe backgrounds that people need that they don't know they need yet. Yeah. Um, and, and it's cool too, to see people kind of like you mentioned before, customizing and retrofitting them. Like I've seen a couple of people have, have cut the doors, um, and kind of prop them open for, uh, like the space, the, um, the spaceship corridor and for, uh, the cabin have actually like, you know, taken an exact exacto and, you know, pried the door open a little bit and put a light behind it. And, you know, you really can kind of get mileage out of extra mileage out of them that way. Oh, absolutely. And people have opened up the door for the Vegas motel and, and done, you know, different scenes. And, um, you know, especially when you have multiple dioramas, people set up all the panels differently to kind of create more of a 3D effect. Um, and it's just so cool seeing everyone's creativity. And, uh, and honestly, no matter the type of shot, whether it's just a simple setup or something more elaborate, I'm just always super impressed. Um, with people's shots and it's of course wonderful to see people enjoying something that you created. Now you talked about the, the different rooms. Um, we've also seen, we've also seen different formats, corners, stacked walls and floors. Um, what informs making those decisions into kind of what, I guess what diorama looks what way? Yeah. Well, Again, going back to the pandemic and thinking of shipping and packaging and things like that, I wanted something that was pretty straightforward to send out to people. And so that's where, um, you, you know, originally I was looking at the typical printer paper size, which I think is eight and a half by 11. And then we ended up going with 11 by 17 panels. And so it made sense to, you know, make three panels for that, two wall pieces and a floor piece. And then we've been testing out the larger diorama scenes to see if customers like that. They seem to like that. Um, so at this point, we're kind of testing out what works best. And, you know, maybe we'll find things that don't work as well. And then we'll pivot um, to something that works better. At this point, everyone seems to like both the smaller size and, and the larger size. Um, it, you know, the corner store, the city corner store was a pretty large piece and so even though you can easily break down diorama prints, you know, and store all the foam boards in a closet or whatever, it still takes up quite a bit of space. So I think in general, we'll probably keep the, just the smaller one um, as our main uh, offering. Um, but yeah, the, at this point, it's just kind of testing and, and seeing what people like. Yeah, I mean, what I've found, you know, again, playing with the amount of space that I have, because it's, it's not, not a lot. Um, and it's a, it's a shared, a small shared space that, uh, that my wife and I both use and is also right now part-time, um, classroom for a virtual kindergartner. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But what I've actually done is I haven't glued any of them down yet. I just use, um, I actually use the cardboard backing that, that uh, shipped with them. Mm-hmm. And I blue tack them to the cardboard. So like I'll put the, the one I need up with the floor down in the, in the, in the light box, take my pictures, pop the, the, the blue tack off the back, stack them back up on top of the light box and move on. It's uh, it's, it, it really, it really is uh, the, it, it makes it so much more fun to work with. Cause I can kind of pick and choose and I don't have to, there's no sense of permanence. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, no. And it's really whatever works for people. Um, You know, we offer some guidance, but we also say, you know, do the setup that works best. But you need some type of something rigid or sturdy to prop it against. Otherwise, you know, it might fall over. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, that sounds like a great setup. Um, one of the other things that, I, that I've, I've noticed about them, and especially kind of in the sewer diorama and um, the pictures you've shown about uh, with the, uh, the cave, that's the upcoming cave, mm-hmm. um, I love the, the fact that you include enough details, like, like little minor details, to really kind of inform or suggest which figures you should be using with each diorama um, without, <laughs> without necessarily um, drawing any, any copyright or, or, or infringe upon <laughs> any, um, any, any uh, IPs. How, how, do, how does that process kind of work out? Like how do, you, how do you figure out how you're going to toe the line, tell a story, and still kind of maintain your own intellectual property really? Yeah, great question. Yeah, it's it's a fine line. And of course, we don't want to infringe on any intellectual property, but we also want to create great background environments for some of the most popular action figures. Uh, So with stuff like that, you know, there's a lot of generic things you can include that gives the hints of who maybe should be there. Um, But I also like to keep it a, a tad generic in the sense that other figures could be there. Um, and, and keep it open-ended in that way so that people, I really just want people to use their imagination and do whatever works best. Cause at the end of the day, the action figure and their photography is the center stage. And I just want the background environment to complement that. Um, but you know, do I wish we had licensing and, <laughs> and stuff like that? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, but in, in, in the interim of that, um, you know, we, we put little hints there, but of course have to keep it somewhat generic. So, so has there been something yet where you've put something and been like, uh, I think I'm going to take that out. <laughs> yeah. Is there a lot of editing? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, we, you know, there's, there's, we go through a few, um, you know, versions of it. And I have two great illustrators that I've worked with um, for my main company. Um, and, and so they're absolutely great. We work well together. And I have my little chicken scratches and I just dump out all of my ideas and they're able to make that come to a reality. And, you know, of course, we revise a lot in between the final product, but um, it's a pretty cool process. Yeah. And and you know it's speaking of the process b- before you had you had mentioned uh ready sets and the fact that they're you know one of your clients and um that you do work for them as well uh what's what's the difference designing you know and, and detailing out for um the diorama prints uh versus the you know the the ready sets projects So it's really kind of comparing apples and oranges because they're such different products in some ways um they're both background environments, but ready sets is, I mean, it pops up into a whole immersive city scene, for instance. 
And I wasn't part of the design um, for the design process for their playsets, but I did the marketing. You know, I worked with the whole team. It was a small team um, out in Dana Point, California. And their process, I mean, is, is super elaborate um, for all the details that go into it, the 3D rendering. Um, and the way our process is, it's the simplified version of it. So it kind of includes all the similar steps, except we're making just three panels instead of, you know, a three foot by four foot uh, playset. But being with Ready Sets, I got to meet a lot of the toy community, got to work with a lot of people and... And then that's kind of when some of the ideas started churning for, you know, if I created dioramas, what would I want to create? Um, and, and you asked earlier, you know, where do I come up with some of the ideas? And, and one thing I forgot to mention is just watching movies mm. <laughs> or TV shows. So the cathedral, for instance, I was watching the most recent bad boys <laughs> movie. <laughs> and in the end, it's like this fiery inferno at the cathedral, you know, Will Smith is shooting at stuff and, I was like, man, that would make an awesome diorama. Now, now the what ended up happening was just a simple, you know, cathedral maybe out in Mexico. Um, so it's the the pared down version of that, but that's where some of the the ideas come from. So you talked about you know just different ideas and kind of different inspirations. So if you can make one diorama theme tomorrow, what would it be? Um. Some type of city skyline type thing, um, or like a rooftop. I know, I, I know we've we've talked. You know, I, I've I've hinted at it in the past, but I I would love for you guys to do like an arena of some kind with like people in stands. Like a yeah, like, an arena would be cool. Like a crowd would be amazing. Cause like just to be able to put behind like a wrestling ring or something. Absolutely. And we do receive quite a bit of requests for that, among other things. So that's definitely, you know, eventually I would love to do a, a lot more designs. Um, but we have them come out incrementally since we're so new. You know, we're continuing to get the word out. Um, but that that would be a great scene. And and and, and uh, you know, speaking of the, the scenes that, you know, you guys offer, we've we've mentioned, you know, a bunch of the ones that are already out Um and you've shown off uh, the dojo, which is coming, the, the cave, which you mentioned, and, of course, the, the New York City cityscape um, that are due out just in a few weeks, right? I think uh, you guys are aiming for, like, May, June with those? Yeah, pre-orders will go up later this month or early next, and then we'll start shipping those out uh, in June. So past those, what, what's on the horizon? Do you have any other uh, – can, can you hint at any other uh, ones that you're currently working on? Well, one other one that will be with the batch that you just talked about will be the Spaceship Armory Room um, right, diorama. Right. And we just teased that out on our um, Instagram stories, just a little snippet. The artwork is still being worked on right now. Um, but that is supposed to go along with our Spaceship Corridor um, diorama that has been super popular. So this is the armory room within that spaceship. Um, and then we do have a few more slated for, for later in the year, but you'll have to have me on again to tease those out <laughs> deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, some, as far as just general future plans, we'd love to get into different scales, you know, definitely one eighteen, possibly one six. We get, um, that requested a lot surprisingly. Um, and then maybe come up with a type of package where all supplies or whatever is needed is just delivered to you. Um, just to save a step for the customer. 
Nice. Yeah, I I love um, you know, and 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 again, you know, something that that we've we've spoken about. It's uh the one eight, doing 118 um with the existing ones. It is possible. Um you know, if you if you play with perspective a little bit, I, I I've been shooting some Star Wars, some uh, some vintage collection Star Wars figures on the uh, the Space Town one, and it's it's worked. I haven't I haven't had any issues yet. So yeah, no, it looks great. And you did that Mars Attack one, which yes. I think is a Super Seven figure, right? Yep, and yep. Lo- looked yeah. great. Yeah, you would never know that that was a smaller figure. I mean, p- p- part of it is again, like you know, the 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 quality of the print because if you play with the uh, you know, kind of the depth of field, and and I shoot everything on my iPhone, so I'm nothing. I have nothing fancy in terms of you know camera setup, but the new the newest uh, iPhone and some of the new Android phones as well, like they have that double lens system, so you can really kind of play like like you would with a um you know a digital SLR, and blur the background a little bit, and the fact that these three and three quarter inch figures that they're making now have more detail on them than ever before. Like that, that, that grief carga, the, the, the vintage collection grief cargo one is like unbelievable. It lo- it looks like a, uh, um, you know, a, a real tiny version of him. And especially once you start shooting and doing a little bit of editing and smoothing out on it, it's, you know, it works, but I, I would love, I would love one eighteenth scale sets, man. I mean, that's, that's the bulk of my collection is, is three and three quarter star Wars. So, Oh, Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dave, before before we um, we wrap things up here, would you would you like to do uh, your your James Lipton, your best James Lipton? Um, yeah, my best James Lipton is just me asking the question in my own voice. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I try to keep things keep things on an even keel. Um, the last question before we let you go. Um, what is the weirdest or most special or both piece in your collection? It could be any, it could be two different things. One to answer each one, um, could be one thing. Yeah. My most special is probably this little Optimus prime, um, figure I have that I've had since childhood. And so it survived like the childhood purge of, you know, all your childhood toys um, which I totally regret now because I had some GI Joes and other things <laughs> where I'm like, why did I do that? Um, that's definitely the most special just because it's been around for so long. For my weirdest piece in my collection, I don't know if I necessarily have one, but I recently picked up um, on eBay actually Married with Children, this little Funko set. <laughs> and so people's reaction to it is strange. So. Uh, you know, they kind of look at me weird when I say it. So that might be the weirdest piece um, that other people think I have. I mean, it's one of those. We 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 got into this uh, on the last episode with um, with uh, Jonathan from the Loyal Subjects. Uh, but like, we're we're living in a world right now where anything can be a toy. Like <laughs> any any yeah. property, any any movie, any TV show, anything can can be made a toy. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And is it weird having Al Bundy as a, as a minifigure? It is a little bit, but for some reason it sparked a little nostalgia of watching it, you know, when I was younger. Um, if I watched it now, I don't know if I'd have the same opinion of it, but I'm going with it. I mean, that's, that's one of those shows where every now and then I'll catch it on, you know, on TV. And I remember we, we watched it a lot when we were, when we were kids too. And Every now and then I'll catch an episode and I'll it's one I recognize and like I just kind of get comfy and 
and re-enjoy it. It holds up. Married with Children still holds up. So, but no, that's good. That's good. So, uh, so, so, Rachel, before we before we let you go and let you get back to designing amazing, uh, amazing prints for for everybody to use, uh, where where can we find you uh, on social media? Where can we find you on the internet? And uh, is there anything else that you wanted to plug? For sure. Yeah. Everyone can find us and come check us out at dioramaprints.com. And then we're on Instagram and Facebook under the same name. And I believe you have a 10% coupon floating out there. So everyone's welcome to use that. And, uh, you know, free shipping on orders over 35 in the US. And, you know, when people reach out to us on uh, Instagram or email, a real person always answers back. We love talking to our customers, so we hope everyone will come check us out if they haven't already. Yeah, use that code AIC to save uh, save yourself 10% on some awesome diorama prints. Rachel, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on Adventures in Collecting this evening. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.